0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Almost live from the trenches of New York City, here are your Middle-Aged
0: Warriors, Chris Semino and Rick Summers. And welcome again, our old friend, you, for tuning us in on the Believe Podcast Network. It's Middle-Aged Warriors with me, Rick. And him, Chris, and mm-hmm. welcome to our show. I'm hoping it's it's them as opposed
2: to just you, you might me, just yeah. one. Although you could be several, but <laughs> let's well, yeah, hope but, it's them but
0: out but there. We try and make it seem like we're talking to one person. That was uh, one of the first things they teach mm-hmm. you in broadcast school is it's, it, you can't talk to everybody. You got to talk to
2: right. one person. They never oh, like the term. That's true because they never, I, I remember somebody saying, uh, don't ever say, oh, it's a you know cold day out there, everybody everybody, everybody. and yeah, now yeah. you're talking to you know they don't want the everybody stuff but no they don't anyway yeah. how are you out there everybody no just kidding um <laughs> i'm just being an <laughs> ass but uh, how are you rickster i'm doing good
0: i'm doing good uh I was way last week and i know you're possibly going to travel uh if, depending on how you feel i got to tell you it's like it's like the pandemic never happened other than the fact that everybody has to wear masks in the airport and on the planes but the planes are friggin' jammed. I well, mean, the planes will be jammed. Yeah. I mean, and and the
2: you know, one of the reasons also because of that is what the airlines are doing. There there are less flights. They will they're just trying to load up to the max as opposed to saying, Oh, we'll put less people on it, that'll be safer, and we'll fly three planes. No, they'll rather they'd rather fly one completely stuffed. That's pretty yeah. much what they're doing. And you know, so that's the philosophy. So if anybody's flying during the pandemic and thinking, oh, you know, it's going to be really empty. <laughs> Forget it. Not the case. Not that ship before. has
0: sailed. A long time ago. That's right. Yeah. yeah. We're like 15 days away from Christmas, which is really kind of unbelievable. Is it 15? It always comes
2: fast. It always yeah, comes it fast. And then as you get closer, it seems like it's even faster. You know, you think, Oh, I've got
0: some time. Uh, yeah, maybe I have a little time, but well, I'm out of time. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> it, just, it goes by you, very, very quickly. Have you done any shopping?
2: Oh yeah. I'm, I'm mostly done actually. Again uh, I think in the, in, the, in the previous podcast I talked about um, how I love shopping online so it because yeah. I can shop any hour of the day any day of the week and I don't have to deal with people I love it it's perfect <laughs> 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 I have to deal with like long lines in stores I have to tell you you know just I, I, I'm battling a sinus infection and just going into a local CVS and waiting online you know yeah. like 10 people in front of me and none of the none of the, none of the prescriptions were ready for anybody and I'm just like I don't I realize I I don't want to wait online with a bunch of people anymore. You kind of it's it's out of the norm of what we've been doing the last two years. It seems so. It's a little bit. uh, It takes a little adjusting, I think, for me. You're like a Gen Xer. (laughs) I guess I don't know what I am, but yeah, yeah. We digress. So we have a very we have a special guest today, which is a friend of yours, right? Yeah.
0: Now a friend of yours because she is uh, a woman who has had a great history in radio intelligent broadcasts here in America. And her name is Chris Quimby. So it's two Chris's and a Rick.
2: Mm-hmm. But and I mean, we- she's really, she's worked across the board from all, from being you know in front of a camera, behind a microphone, and then through all the various levels, writer, producer in, in the news industry. And uh, she's a name that a lot of people might know if they've listened to radio anywhere, like you said, between New York and LA over the
0: last several years. So yeah. uh, we're excited about having you. And we'll get to Chris in just a couple of seconds after we hear from one of our treasured sponsors here on the Believe Podcast Network.
2: Well, we're back and better than ever, a new web interface for the rest of the NBA season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BLE50 BLEAV50 to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the twenty twenty one season, going into twenty twenty two pretty soon. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your
0: favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. We're a rick sandwich on crisp bread. We have Mr. Semino, uh-huh.
1: simsum quim,
0: simsum quim. <laughs> you have that at a
2: Chinese restaurant on Sunday uh, afternoons,
0: I heard. Yeah, guess. really. It's <laughs> a new thing. <laughs> it's like a Jewish Christmas dinner. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably catch some flag for that, but what the heck. Chris, it's great to have you both here. Addresses to the lady in the room. Chris with yeah, a Y. Maybe.
1: Short but for Crystal, right. which it's uh not many people I like to call me crystal, but my husband started it when we met, so I've I've grown to love it. His family calls me crystal, my family calls me Chris.
2: So yeah. le- legally though, are you a crystal or are you a Chris?
0: <laughs> I'm a crystal.
2: It's a beautiful and name. Shining
0: oh so brightly. <laughs> there, <laughs> there you go. It's great to have you on and thank you. I know you've listened to some of our banters before. It's really a treat to have you on as a middle-aged warrior from the other side, because Chris and I really gear our show towards guys who are getting older. Got a lot of really positive feedback, especially from women who are interested to hear what guys have to say about getting older. And I know we've got a lot to talk about, so let's get started.
1: You and I were joking about, you know, just how old are we really going to get one day if we're middle-aged now?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm not even sure what the definition of middle age is anymore. If I'm 61, this is middle age, I'll be 122.
1: (laughs) We're all young at heart and that's what matters.
0: Yeah.
2: I I think middle age is more uh, a sense of being and how you're living as opposed to the number. So let's not quantify it. Let's qualify it. It's the quality of life. It's the middle of, you know, we, we we're using our past experience uh, as we move forward into the, the future. The golden years, as we'll call those. My mind just got the better Fast of approaching, first. Rick. Fast <laughs> approaching. I'm,
0: <laughs> telling I'm telling you. Chris, you have a, a great background in television and radio, and have worked all over and done both on-camera work and from a management standpoint, managed people. How hard was it to make the transition from being talent to then running the show?
1: Well, uh, in between there, I was um, doing writing and editing and a little bit of on air for radio. So I think the bigger transition for me was going from television to radio. Um, I moved to Los Angeles um, to marry my first husband, who was an actor. And (laughs) um, I'd been um, anchoring, I was anchor at CNN television, and then uh, moved out there and I find this interesting, so I'm going to tell you about it. I was offered three jobs in L.A. This would have been around 1985, 86. They all wanted me to change my name to Hispanic. (laughs) And the first time I just kind of laughed. And the second time I was disturbed. And the third time I was appalled. (laughs) So um, I was working per diem for KNX Radio as a writer and an editor and, um, that transition. I did some freelancing in, in television then, but uh, that's how the transition came. And um, I'm actually glad it did because it turned into a fabulous career.
2: Well, for you, in terms of, you know, the different careers you've had and the different jobs you've had, what ultimately has been the one you probably felt most comfortable in and connecting with you? Was it television? Was it radio? Was it being behind a microphone or in front of a camera? Or was it really being behind the scenes? What, what seems to fit you better as a person?
1: Management. Um, I I wouldn't like being a television manager because that is so high pressure. Um, but radio management is, uh, is was perfect for me. Um, I my my favorite job was uh, as a program director for WCBS eight eighty.
0: Oh, we and, know it well um, here in I, New York. I, yes.
1: Yeah, I never even aspired to reach that pinnacle, but um, it was just fabulous. And iHeart, 24 seven used you know, they've all been fabulous, but 880 was the top of the mountain.
2: Yeah, it's an iconic um, station here in New York, obviously. So you like bossing
0: people around, is that what it really is?
1: <laughs> ask my husband about
0: that. <laughs> well, and you know what, uh, Sim, Miss um, Q uh, was acknowledging that she checked out another meteorologist as a friend of hers who is also uh, one of our guests, Mr. Craig Allen. I got
1: to boss Craig around for a while, sure did. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I,
2: I saw he liked the picture because you guys went to lunch and had posted a picture on Facebook. And then I saw Craig liking it. I'm like, oh sure. Because I mean, I I'm, have known Craig since 1982. Wow. Uh, when he was the vice president of MetroWeather and he was already doing uh, WCBS. I had a brief stint filling in once in a while on WCBS on the weekends. Uh, and I can remember the first time I did it, it he left me by the booth uh, a bottle of Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> <laughs> I believe a vomit bag or something. But, you know, he was trying to be funny. Uh, but it was it was kind of nerve-wracking because that's a station I grew up listening to. It's an iconic all-news radio station. Still is, obviously, uh, in New York City. So lots of folks have heard you. And now you got to boss people around on there, too, as well. So pretty cool.
1: It was great, yeah. yeah. And Craig is wonderful. He's, yeah, he's a
2: class
0: I can't act. I can
1: say good things about Craig Allen.
0: Class he's act, great dude. job, mm-hmm. good Absolutely. dude, a yep. good dude. So, uh, Miss Q, how is middle age treating you?
1: I gotta say, I think I am in some ways happier than I've ever been. Yeah, I, um, I hooked so much of me on my job, and even while I was still working, I started realizing I have worked too much through my life. Um, sacrificing a lot. We all have. I've heard you guys talking about that. Um, yeah. but I worked 10, 12, 14 hours a day for for decades, especially when I after I got into management in 1995. And um, I I thought when I left that I would feel devastated the first morning I didn't have to get up with the alarm clock and uh, (laughs) or to a phone call from a station with a problem that usually was around five o'clock on Saturday. Saturday mornings. I I, I feel free, I feel blessed, and I'm very happy.
2: No, and it is a very freeing feeling, obviously. Sometimes it's a, some people have a little problem adjusting because then they feel like they've lost purpose and they're not relevant anymore. But if you've got enough going on in your life, I think, and, and enough passion for different things, you go, wow, now suddenly I have time for that. I can really, you know, enjoy me for who I am, as opposed to being married to a job. With that, In my past and working in television, there were a lot of young ladies and women who were in positions of being producers and things of that nature, executive producers, writers. What would you tell somebody from what you saw on the tail end of being in the industry? What would you tell a young woman who's trying to enter this industry, if you will, not necessarily even on camera, because that's a whole other entity unto itself, mm-hmm. but but being in, in the news industry, in the business, behind the scenes, as a writer, as a producer, what kind of advice would you give somebody today who is just looking to start out in something like that?
1: The first thing I would say is writing. You really have to know how to write, and you need to work on it. Uh, even if you don't have a job yet, write news stories, write scripts, time Hmm. them out, listen to what you hear on the air. No, no, figure out how to come up with the lead and to write in active. I think writing is underrated and probably the most important part of a newscast.
0: Or what are some of the bigger news stories that stick with you that you've covered over the years?
1: Well, nine eleven, of course, that mm-hmm. hit us all. Mm-hmm. I was the um, director of programming and news at KFWB, which um, New Yorkers would recognize that as the ten ten wins format. And um, I, this sounds like I'm patting myself on the back. I'm not, but it shows how intense it is. I worked six weeks without a day off, twelve to fourteen to sixteen days, or hours, eighteen hours. Um, oh. And I'm very, very, very proud of all of that coverage because we I, I knew KNX had a CBS network and they flipped the switch over and just ran CBS out of New York, at least for a beginning time. And I knew we couldn't really compete with that. So yeah. I decided to localize and we took a more local angle and that staff did amazing work. Um that just obviously stands out above anything else.
0: It's really interesting because you were 3,000 miles that way. Chris and I were both here in New York and were experiencing it firsthand. And I often wonder how people who weren't in New York or Washington mm. um, experienced 9 11 and being in the media you know, and having to tell the stories and upload, you know, live reports and whatnot. I mean, it's like you were here, right?
1: It felt like it because, you know, it's our country. And um, I'm going to cry now, but I remember uh, we were all so exhausted, of course. Um, But I remember work, 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 work. And Samantha Guthrie, I listened to her podcast with you, and she said something that really struck home. And that's how you have to keep your emotion out of it. It's not what I think or feel, um, but I remember, you know, you work for 10 hours and then just stop, put your head down, cry a little while, and then brush away the tears and get back to it. It's, I, I felt a great kinship with my stations, my sister stations, WINS, and, and WCBS um, in New York, and um, it, it just, we brought it home because it affected us all.
0: Time to
2: take another break for one of our new sponsors, Lightbox. Say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but just are grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink, and beautiful blue as well as classic white lightbox lab grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off priced so they won't have to they really do make any outfit sparkle visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping that's com. lightbox diamonds never a dull moment how do you feel in terms of the way things are done now today when we look at uh, broadcast news and News networks—it's almost as if it's become uh, sports fandom. You have to have, choose a team, and and then that's that's it. It seems very difficult, at least for me, when I <laughs> run through the dials. So dials. How old am I? Uh, when I go through the <laughs> different uh, stations, that you know, where where is the truth? And it seems most networks are just feeding their base with information that they think they or they know they want to hear, not necessarily the truth but it's what they want to hear. How do we get around? How do we stop this? It seems out of control right now.
1: It's, it's distressing. It's so distressing and so polarizing. And, hmm. uh, you know, you, you can't say you watch Fox or you watch CNN because immediately you're going to be judged. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're that, they're that. Um, I get very upset that my parents watch conservative news, and that's just about all they watch. And they believe it all. Um, and I feel the same way for 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 the the news that comes more from the left.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where
1: is just the news? Where's what? the news? And, and sometimes I, frankly, since I quit working, I don't. I'm not a news hound anymore. But uh, especially when I was still in the news, I would spend time if a story's on going be- between the news networks to see what they're covering and how they're saying it. And mm-hmm. it's astonishing the different stories that you get.
0: Exactly. I'm going to take both of you back. To an advertising slogan. Where's the beef? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> we have the beef with them. Yeah. That's where the beef is. Yeah, I, I mean, will say this. I'm always proud that my career was mostly in all news radio because mm-hmm. I think that's where you still get just the facts.
2: I think you're you're right. I think that's probably the closest element of broadcasting that doesn't show vote, isn't looking to create the personality first, and then the information that trickles in, well, it could be half truth or whatever. But I just, between that and social media putting things out, there's just, (laughs) I don't see, I don't, it's very scary to me how we could ever reel this back in to where the truth is respected and people are left to think for themselves about, the truth, the facts of what's happening. And that's it. Everything is getting slanted. Even the areas, I think, and even the, the organizations that used to be pretty straightforward, just delivering the truth or, or the facts, they're so tweaked by the other sides now that they feel like they're almost obligated to push further past the line that they would have before.
1: That's a great point. Um, to that point on on news radio being, I think, a little more uh, down the middle, mm. um, between management jobs, I spent about six months anchoring for Fox News Radio. And this was during the um, the uh, presidential campaign. And if you, they actually had a rule that if you lead with oh, Obama at one o'clock, at two o'clock, you, you lead with the Republican candidates. And that was an effort at least to come across as fair and balanced, mm. which was mm. their slogan. Um, Mm -hmm. But I remember going out on the street with a Fox microphone and having people say to me, oh, no, we won't talk to you. It's
2: very polarizing, though. You know, it's become
1: that. And this was 12 years ago.
0: Wow. Imagine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Miss Q, aren't you, like, glad that that's all in the rearview mirror? And when I mean all, I'm talking about you not having to be a part of the muck on a daily basis now.
1: Rick, um, I was so blessed with the timing of my life and my career, I would not go back and be younger again because <laughs> I started in television just about the time that they were looking for young women to sit on the anchor desk with the established anchor man. I got over into radio just as women were starting to get into management, upper management of radio. And I just kind of rode through on that Beautiful time of life, and uh, before I started it, it wasn't right there for me. And I think now it's it's not really what I would want to be doing. So mm-hmm. I'm glad I'm not in the muck of it. Yeah,
2: you brought up a good point that I was wondering because you started out. I guess it was maybe what in the early to middle eighties in yes, the industry yeah. for the most yeah. part. Being a woman then, and you know how how the industry treated women—were there double standards compared to today? What have you seen? in moving forward, and have we moved forward for women in the industry?
1: Um, you know, I think we have. Um, I, there used to be a big discrepancy in money, you know, mm, that the yeah. man would make and the woman. Right, um, right, But I've seen more and more women. When I became the program director at KFWB, I got a call from another program director, and she said, Chris, are you aware we are the only two female program directors with CBS Radio? That was hundreds of stations. Wow. That was 1995, wow. I guess. And now, you know, um, you're going to see women and maybe, maybe it's women helping women. I've always wanted to support women, but I go with the talent. I'm not going to choose someone just because she's a woman, but I try to help or did. I'm frankly, you know, <laughs> I'm out of it now. Right. But I, I've spent a lot of my career trying to help and guide and coach and promote women and young men.
0: When you were growing up, is this something that was in the back of your mind that you might want to do <laughs> when you grow up?
1: You know, something that's so funny. I never really had much guidance. Um, I think back when I was a girl, everyone just thought, well, you know, y- you'll just get married and, you know, have a little job somewhere. I remember bragging to my friends, I won't get married until I'm 23.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, that seems right. so
1: old, right? All I right. married first when I was 28. But um, uh, I, I, I ran into a friend's mother, uh, a, a college friend, and she said, I'm so proud of you. You you did what you said you were going to do. And I said, what? She said, yeah. Don't you remember when you were a freshman? I asked you, what do you want to be? And you said, a news anchor. I'm like, no, <laughs> I didn't even remember saying it. Wow. That's, I fell into it. I fell into right. it. I went for an interview as a weekend receptionist. I had a job at an Air Force base. My father was in logistics with the Air Force uh, Civil Service, and he helped me get a job at the base, stability, insurance. You could be there for life. Um, But I wanted a weekend job too. So I went seeing maybe the local TV station needs a receptionist. Long story short, the news director saw me. He auditioned me. He gave me a job as a contest girl. A couple of weeks later, the weatherman went on vacation. He said, you're filling in for the weatherman. And the weatherman was actually off on a job interview. So I became the weather girl.
2: Yeah, really. And
1: then a a news reporter. And then the station across town hired me as a news anchor. So, I mean, how magical is that story? Really, yes,
0: it's a fairy tale. And who were the women role models for you at that time? I mean, I think of Jessica Savage, obviously. Um, Diane Sawyer I always
1: thought yeah. I wanted to be Diane Sawyer she was so calm and elegant
2: mm-hmm. yeah that was that was like a very she was brought class also there's yes, this classy yes. thing about her yeah absolutely uh that's funny because I one of my my last questions was going to be about so oh, you were a weathercaster I see was that WMAZ was is that right
1: that uh, yeah first it was at um WCWB we B, can't, right. we're broke where cameras wobble badly. <laughs> and then it uh, was an NBC affiliate. And then the uh, CBS station, which was the big station, WMAZ, hired me to do the weather and co-anchor. So that's wow. how I became a news anchor.
2: And what was your experience doing the weather? Did you, did you like it? Was it dreadful? I mean, obviously, that's ad-libbed and not scripted. I'm assuming you kind of did it that way.
1: Oh, my gosh, Chris, you probably know this. The best thing that could have happened, they took the weather as an accordion, and I never knew until I stood up, was it going to be two minutes or right. six minutes? Mm-hmm. And I had to get it all in in two or stretch it to six. What <laughs> a way to learn. It was awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. It, really, it really is. It is that's sexy. baptism by fire, right?
1: Yeah, it was. <laughs> that's, it was what,
0: so- that's what I've said about doing stand-up comedy, which I no longer do. i know
1: i just learned that about you
0: just not (laughs) your renaissance man just not feeling very funny what can i say
1: (laughs) Um, no you're always funny your mother was
0: wrong oh you know about that (laughs) oh that's right i remember that story Uh oh yeah (laughs) chris (laughs) is paying attention
2: i can see that all
0: right that'll be that'll be good for another 12 years of therapy (laughs) and it was do we have time chris i i think so yeah yeah, I'm if, on, if
2: Chris with a Y wants to play along,
0: sure. Chris with a Y, you want to do a lightning round with us? This sure. is basically, there are no wrong answers. We just toss stuff out at you and you answer and then we quickly smirk or, or move on to the next question. Okay, so, bring it on. All right. I love your spirit. I love it. <laughs> bring it on. That's the first time bring I think anybody have ever on.
2: said that. Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, all right, Sam, you go first.
2: Okay, uh, let's go with uh, the first concert. You ever attended
1: the BGs at DAR wow. Constitution Hall in Washington DC?
0: Wow, oh that's a heavy hit. All right, that's great. That's that's, that's cool. good i good like that. I know the answer to this, but I'll ask anyway. Dog or cat?
1: Dog. Little talk Finnegan. about your
0: talk about Finnegan.
1: I would like to have a cat too, but Little Finnegan's a little ten pound Yorkie, Yorkie Ton, mm. coton and and uh, yorkshire terror He's uh, almost two years old, and he is the light of our lives.
2: Yeah, they are. They, I, I have a dog and a cat in this home, and it's interesting. Thank goodness the cat is a very passive cat because he tolerates a lot from this little dachshund boy. I wouldn't take the abuse that he takes. I keep telling him, man up. All right, cat up. Do something. <laughs> he just, nothing. He just, he runs. I, I don't get it. Anyway, man your up. favorite meal.
1: You know, I don't even think I have one anymore. Hmm.
2: Uh, did you, Did you at one point have something? <laughs> <at you? laughs>
1: yes, yes. Growing up and into my... First 20 years of adulthood, fried shrimp.
2: Oh, really? my mother for
1: my birthday would always wow. make my favorite fried shrimp from you know the, the real thing that she would peel and bread mm-hmm. and uh lemon meringue pie.
2: Ooh,
0: look Ooh. at you. Yeah, there's I, a combo. I'm not that big last... of
1: a fan anymore, but that's that's mm. for many, many years. That was my favorite.
0: I was in Florida last week and I actually treated myself to a piece of key lime pie. You're crazy, Rick. You're living on the edge, Rick. On the <laughs> oh, really? edge, as always. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, this is the philosophical question. Is your glass half empty or half full? It's
1: half full, three quarters full, all the way full.
2: I awesome. love it. That's good to hear. How about, uh, would you prefer Zoom or phone call?
1: Um, I hate talking on the telephone, so I oh, guess a Zoom. hate yeah. the phone.
2: I hate the phone too. And I don't even, I try to figure out why. I mean, I, people have yelled at me for my inability to pick up a phone.
1: Terrible. I don't
2: like getting on the phone. I don't know what it's I happens. hate
1: small talk.
2: Yeah. Small talk. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah.
1: And, and, you know, if I knew I talked to my mother once or twice a week, I talk to my mother-in-law almost every day. I know those phone calls are going to be five minutes. Oh, that's. And nice. I love those calls.
0: Mm-hmm. The quickies. The quickies. Love the quickies. Get right to yep. it and in and out. <laughs> right, right. Remember the days of having answering machines and our parents would call? I can't speak for your parents, either of yours, <laughs> but my parents, my mom would call and leave a message that would be like eight oh. minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> Just thrown out of tape. Hello. Hello. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, part of growing older, right? Being yeah. able to recognize... Those eight minute yeah. messages <laughs> and, and miss them now that we no longer get them.
2: Right. See? Any other question, Rick? No. Nah. Have we ended I, the game? Uh-huh. I, I have one. Okay. Celebrity crush. Oh, yeah. Davy
1: Jones. Oh,
2: Davy really? Jones uh, and the monkeys. Him once.
1: Yeah. I said, Davy, my, my Barbie doll was married to you. And he said, A lot of Barbie dolls were married to you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> yeah, we lost him way too soon. We lost him. Yes, too soon, we did. But, uh, yeah, yeah. He was the crush of many. I remember when he was on the Brady Bunch. I think he made an appearance. Yeah, I remember that was that. a that was a whole big deal. Yeah,
1: I remember yeah. that.
2: Well, you played along nicely, Chris. We appreciate that. Thanks very Absolutely. much. Absolutely, <laughs> it was a lot of fun.
0: We wish you a wonderful holiday season. Hopefully, Mister Sumino will provide us with some snow soon.
2: Now that I don't, that I don't
1: that. have to get out into it, I'm happy to see the snow. I used to dread it, but. Bring it on! I, Another bring it
0: on! Okay. I like that. <laughs> bring it well, on! Well, it's,
2: it's true. It's a it's a whole different it's a whole different ball game when it snows and you're home and you can stay home and you don't feel any guilt or whatever. You can really enjoy it. That's right. Getting to work in this stuff in a big city. Uh, <laughs> it
1: was brutal.
2: Up. Oh, Tula says that's it. <laughs> I'm getting the wrap. Bye bye. All right.
1: Thanks guys. This has been great fun. Thank you. Thanks, Chris.
2: Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Stay great well. Time. Stay healthy.
1: Happy holidays. bye Bye. Happy
2: holidays. Bye-bye. Take care now. Well, it was great having Chris on, actually. A great perspective from uh, both a career and a female side of things in the news industry. And she really wore a lot of hats, that's for sure. Yeah, she knows
0: she it. Did. She's been around the block a time or two. Don't I talk guess. about our guests like that. <laughs> I <don't> really. <laughs> She's not here but, to defend herself right now.
2: But some interesting stuff. And and again, I think I love the advice that she also gave somebody young coming into the industry and learning you know, how to write. And it is yeah. sort of a lost yeah. art and it's a very important art in telling a story. And a lot of people think, you know, they go to college and they think, oh, I'll learn and I'll figure it out when I get the job. No, by the time you step in that door to get the job, you should have some skills that you've been practicing and working on already. And I think some, sometimes that's where somebody coming in and gets the leg up, you know, yeah. on somebody who took a more passive approach to
0: uh, starting a new career. So, I'm also interested to hear that she had uh, done weather yeah, I love that she was a weather person. <laughs> yeah. How <laughs> yeah. about that?
2: Well, back in the day, uh, you know, that's what weather was kind of a little bit of a fill in thing for somebody or a stepping stone. I mean, right. if you think about it, I I think David Letterman was a weatherman. Right. Uh, Pat Sajak was a weatherman. Was so, he? So, you know, yeah. So these, you know, there, there was a time when it was viewed in that perspective. Now, Primarily, you've got to be a meteorologist with a degree to get on television, and right. whether male or female, and uh, you know at least know know your stuff. And you did, and you do, or at least fake it. <laughs> yeah, and you did, and you, and do. you did, and you do <laughs>
0: exactly.
2: Anyway. Just- yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna put this voice down because it's getting it's a it's annoying me hearing me so is i i'm sorry for what people are having to listen to on the other end but
0: everybody stay safe out there stay well sunshine always be good feel good i'm Rick. he's chris this is middle-aged warriors on the Believe podcast Center. and
2: once again our show brought to you by bet online